welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here, hear news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. Um, and today's edition of RDR brought to you from the mind-bogglingly muggy Minneapolis, Minnesota, where Convergence 2012, that's hash CVG 2012 to Twitterers out there. Uh, this con is in full swing. We've got a huge 24-person contingent from the Mark Time and Ogle Award winners uh, for science fiction, fantasy, audio drama, respectively, this year. Um, these awards showcase uh, just the best of science fiction, fantasy, audio. And this year, um, much like last year, was also a, a huge turnout and a great uh, group. Um, this year, again, has a huge turnout from the producers' circuit and just shows how much excellent audio drama is being produced out there. We've got the winner of the Furthest Traveled Award is Dieter Zimmerman, who came from uh, Cape Town, South Africa, to pick up his Gold Mark Time Award this year. Uh, we might uh, catch him for a few minutes later in the show. Uh, we also have the Wireless Theater Company with a close second. They came out from London uh, to get the Silver Ogle Award for their piece, The Strange Case of Spring Hill Jack. Uh, we also have a huge troupe from the Our Fair City, that uh, campy post-apocalyptic podcast. Uh, they came down from the Windy Cindy Chicago um, in true you know, Route 66-style um, big uh, van of them or something because they are like seven of them and they're going to be doing a uh, live show tomorrow here at the con. And of course, um, I'm here uh, with producer Matthew Boudreaux um, of Oral Stage Studios out in um, Buffalo. Hey, Matthew, how's it going? Not too bad. How about yourself? And in addition to um, all of us, we also have David Osmond and Phil Proctor of the Firesign Frickin' Theater, um, as well as uh, the usual suspects, Jerry Stearns, Brian Price, and uh, Rich Fish made it out, as well as Bill Hickey out from uh, Lowell area. So it's a great, uh, huge contingent of troublemakers, and we'll be talking to some of them later in the show. Um, despite the heat, it's been a great weekend for uh, chats about the audio craft, future of this medium, and uh, people, uh, or should I say alien, Wookiee, or Dalek watching. Uh, okay, so uh, we kick off today with, as far as I know it, the first uh, exclusive launch to RDR, um, at least the first debut of a show that I didn't create myself. <laughs> this one is called Dialed In, and it's a new serial by our good friends at Oral Stage Studios that you previously were just introduced to. Um, in fact, uh, Matthew, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, Dialed In, what is all, this is all about? Sure. Dialed In is an audio anthology series, and it's built around the premise that you're listening in on a series of phone calls, and, and you're overhearing the, uh, the the other end of the, the other ends of the conversation. Um, the first episode is entitled Ancient Evil. It was written by Monique Boudreau, my wife, uh, and uh, it's about a sheep ape curse that's released in an archaeology lab. Uh, and Mike Rassiopa, who plays Ryan. And David Alt, who plays Dr. Miller, uh, have to contain uh, contain the curse in order to prevent a an apocalyptic outbreak. Oh, I love apocalyptic outbreaks! All right, let's get right into it. Now, this is going to be a biweekly series. We'll be featuring um, them for the next couple months here on RDR, um, backending our podcast whenever we have them. Um, so you'll have a, some of these triple threat podcasts coming out. Uh, we do have an episode for the cleanse, but we're going to get to that in just a moment. First off, ancient evil. A new audio series from Rural Stage Studios. Hi, I'm Matthew Boudreaux, and you're listening to Dialed In. Tell me your name, and tell me who you were in your life. My name was Ludlov, and I was a witch hunter. The Witch Hunter Chronicles is an epic dark fantasy audio drama with a gripping plot. Killing all magicians is the only way of preserving the stones for the greater good. No, lady. It means killing thousands of innocent people. I only looked back for a very brief moment, but I know I saw something move. All I wanted and all I lived for was to find the Black Sickle and destroy it. Using magic? Please, sir, please, I... Witch! 
and a stunning original music score. You can download the entire saga online for free at audioepics.com. The Witch Hunter Chronicles, winner of a 2011 Honorable Mention Ogle Award. This week's episode is Ancient Evil, written by Monique Boudreau, starring David Alt, Mike Rassiopa, Nat Angstrom, and Amy Lewis. Hello? Dr. Miller? Hello, it's Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Are you finished cataloging the artifacts from Mound 4 already? Uh, no, sir. We just started two hours ago, and there are around 30 crates here. Well, you've got help, haven't you? That shouldn't take too long. Right, well, that's why I'm calling. You know, my first year of grad school, I spent a week labelling thousands of figurines by hand. Mm. I still don't have full use of my index finger. Uh, well, you know those undergrads you sent down to the lab? Hmm. Uh, uh, Josh and Hannah. Jake and Heather. Jake and Heather, Jake and Heather, Jake. Oh, right! Yes, look, between us, I stopped being able to tell them apart once the university started packing them all into those lecture halls like cattle, hundreds at a time, each waiting to be branded. Uh, uh, what about them? Uh, did you brief them on proper handling techniques? You said you briefed them. I did? Oh, well, then maybe I did. Uh. Did I ever tell you about the time that my father lost me in the psychiatric ward where he had a residency? Um, I don't think so. Apparently, they were looking for me <laughs> for hours. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was playing chess with Mr. Bernstein the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bernstein was diagnosed with Munchausen syndrome, <laughs> but he taught me everything I know about chess and goiters. Uh, uh, Dr. Miller. And I, then I, there was this nudist who taught me everything I know about uh, space sir, travel in a balloon. I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I think we have a problem. Uh, uh, a problem? Really? You know that effigy we excavated from the robber's trench? The Shipe Todic piece? Yes! Yes, what a wonderful specimen. I don't think I've encountered an intact Shipe figurine in all of my 54 years. I once uncovered a Huawei Coyotl statue at Lakaporn. Ah, but then there was this coyote and his big brother, uh, and they all wanted to drink... it's Jake. Who? Jake, one of the undergrads. He was photographing the Shipei statue. Something happened. Uh, what's wrong with the statue? The statue is fine, as far as I can tell. But it's glowing, and Jake is sick. Uh, what do you mean, sick? Well, he's all rashy, and there are these... Abscess is forming in his skin. Well, is he allergic to peanuts? What? Hey, peanuts. All these kids are allergic to peanuts nowadays. Ask him if he's allergic to peanuts. Are you allergic to peanuts? Uh, no. You know, only tree nuts. He's only allergic to tree nuts. Oh, well, in that case, he must be suffering from a sheep a curse. Oh. Wait, did you just say curse? Curse. Yeah, uh, curse. But curses aren't real, are they? Well, of course they are. Where did you get such a naive idea? Then how come I've never heard of a single, legitimately documented case involving a curse? Well, if we told everyone about it, then they'd all want to be archaeologists. Besides, how do you think I got tenure? I don't know, through uncompromising academic research, publication, and positive student reviews? (laughs) Uh, Guys, I'm really not feeling... Oh, my dear boy, have you ever read some of the student reviews I get? (laughs) Sir, about the effigy. Yes, yes. Uh, Did the young man bleed or sneeze on it? Did you bleed or sneeze on the statue? No. He lifted. He didn't. No, I didn't bleed on it. I told him not to, but he said that's how you tell what it's made of. It's made of stone. You don't need to look at ancient stone statue to find out it's made of stone. It's not like I licked it. Dr. Miller, he licked it. Oh, my. Well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Sir, sir, the lights are flickering in and out, and there's a strange 
rumbling sound. Yes. Uh, is Haley uh, still there with you? Heather? Yeah, she's here. Why? Uh, right, uh. Ryan, here's what you need to do. Do you remember those obsidian uh. blades from Teneyuka? Uh. Yeah. Well, you'll need uh. those in some sort of vessel, uh, but uh. not those exquisite Teotihuacan frauds. <laughs> I can't wait to take those to the oh. next meeting and pass them up as pre-Columbian funeral vessels. <laughs> uh, try the coffee pot. Sir, the blades aren't in box 192B in the lab. I put them in 192B, and now they're not in 192B. I spent three days oh, sorting the collection uh, from Tenayuka, and now they're not there. Oh, yes, that's right. They're in my office. Yes. Uh, I, I, I was proving to Josh that the grey obsidian holds it such longer than his green obsidian. <laughs> Uh, Although, in retrospect, I probably should have used another test subject. I, I've run out of time to do this. Sir! But, uh, oh, um, look in my desk. It's uh, probably somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. I've got the blades and the coffee pot. Now what? Uh, yes, and now this may be a little tricky. Uh, you're going to need to sacrifice Hannah. Heather! Wait, what? I know, I know, but look at it this way. Either we sacrifice one virgin or we watch a plague of oozing skin disorders spread throughout the campus. How's it any different than usual? Oh, well, eventually these walking rash mutants will go mad and start skinning themselves. Imagine the smell, young man. Wait, did you say virgin? Yes, a virgin. Now's no time to get ethical, Ryan. We have to stop this thing. Heather? Aren't you in a sorority? I'm a psycho. Yes, sir, there's no way that Heather's a virgin. Oh, don't be absurd, man. Uh, what about that asinine windbag from the museum? Who, Garth? Oh, yes, that's him. Where's he? He's in his 30s. So? He's married. He has two children. They're with the department picnic. Oh, good gracious. Do, do you mean to tell me that not only did someone actually sleep with that idiot, but, but he was allowed to reproduce? Dr. Miller, This is Jake just is... like that undead uprising in Chilua. You'd think that you'd be able to find a virgin to flay in a Catholic village. Uh, no, we had to shoot arrows through the region's only Olympic hopeful. He was the closest thing to a warrior we could find. And, and let me tell you, that was my last heart extraction. It's just so messed up. Dr. Miller! Jake just killed Heather! Oh no, he's. What are you doing? Jake, stop! No! Brian, 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 what's going on? For God's sake, don't knock anything over. I just got those microscopes calibrated. I'm, I'm sorry, Dr. Miller. I, I couldn't stop him. He. he... I think he, he just dragged her off to the back room. Oh, damn. Now, now where are we going to get a virgin? What should I do? Oh, never mind. They'll send us more work-study students. You'd be amazed how many of those we go through. She may still be alive. Oh, I hope not. It's better if she's dead before he skins her. Skins her? Well, of course. What do you think a sheep they possess man was going to do? Honestly, Brian, don't you, don't you read any of the material I give you? Hey. I just finished those two French theorists you told me to read. Oh, you actually read them? <laughs> oh, I was kidding. You're a very literal person, aren't you? What do I do about Heather? Oh, forget her. Harriet is history. Maybe she was a virgin after all. What is the statue doing? I don't know. It's kind of slowly oh, pulsating. Oh, that damn trollop. Listen, Ryan, thanks to Helen Heather. and her promiscuous ways, we've now got an even bigger problem on our hands. Bigger? What do you mean, bigger? Well, I mean that thing has now got a taste of blood. But it only really wants virgin blood, and it'll go through every person in its past who finds one. Ah! <laughs> Dr. Miller, it's coming! What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Relax, Brian, Brian, relax. You've just got to get a hold of yourself. Now... How are you ever going to make it as an archaeologist if you panic every time someone releases some ancient malevolent entity? It's coming! 
coming back towards me. Oh, man. It's wearing Heather. Oh, forget about Hillary. Look, you don't have anything to worry about. It's after virgins now. We just have to make sure that it's... I am a virgin. Good God, man. What are you saying? Well, I, I mean... Look, I don't get out much, and I mean, I'm here. But what about the conference I mean, last month? Like... That place was teeming with women. Hell, a whole discipline is teeming with women. The conference. The one that you were scheduled to deliver a paper at. The paper you didn't write. The paper that I stood up all night the night before in the hotel room writing and then delivered for you the next day because you were too hungover to make it. That conference? I wondered where you were all night. I got a lot of positive feedback on that paper. Sir, focus. Please. The thing in Jake's body, wearing Heather's skin, is still here. Uh, right, right, yes. Uh, okay, go back into my office. Uh, do you know the large spear-shaped rattle hanging over my desk? Yeah. Get it, and while you're back there, grab the bottle of scotch from my desk. Okay. All right, I've got them. Now what? Drink the scotch. Drink the scotch? Why? Well, I thought you might need it. I know I do. Uh, now, do you know how to do the Macarena? The, the dance? What are you talking about? Well, pay attention. The Macarena, do you know it? Uh, yeah, I know of it. Well, my dear boy, the Macarena is a powerful anti-ancient demon ritual conveniently packaged as a modern-day mating dance. Dr. Sangil thought of that. He figured it would keep the spirits out of the nightclubs. Never mind. I think I wanted to kill and skin me. Nonsense. Just get that rattle and start shaking your backside. Now, put me on speakerphone. Talk to Miller. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's working. I feel really stupid. Shake it, boy. Shake it like your life depends on it. about a Jake and Heather. Oh, I don't know. Just drag them down to the anatomy lab and leave them with the forensics professor. Just leave a note saying they're from me and she'll take care of them. Okay. So, uh, how soon do you think you'll have the rest of those artifacts catalogued? Huh? You know, there's a fabulous Talalak vessel in one of those crates. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure there aren't any children around you when you open that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> switching major. been listening to Dialed In, Ancient Evil, written by Monique Boudreau, starring David Alt as Dr. Miller, Mike Rassiopa as Ryan, Nat Angstrom as Jake, and Amy Lewis as Heather. Ancient Evil was directed by Samantha Mason, sound designed by Mike D. Almeida, featuring music by Peter Von Riette, theme music and editing by Matthew Boudreau. Next episode is Shooting the Bull by Perry Whittle. All right, and that was Ancient Evil by Oral Stage Studios. Um, again, we'll have more of those um, every other week here on Radio Drum Revival. And you can get those um, just by themselves at dialedin.oralstage.com. Um, yeah, and so for next, we'll have for you Cleansed Addicts, the next installment of The Cleanse. This is um, breaking into episode five now, which is now available at thecleanse.com, The Believers. Uh, chapter 17 is the first um, chunk of that that we were releasing. This is dealing with the aftermath of episode four, as you recall. Uh, there was kind of a pretty messy scene that we concluded on, and now we're dealing with, the, with those repercussions. Here is The Cleansed, chapter 17. <laughs> 
Final Room Productions presents The Cleansed, Season 1, Chapter 17. hard to face what you did? Luke! Hey, you know what I learned? I've learned that sometimes things happen and there's just no reason why. No things happen for a reason, just things happen. I learned that growing up. Like when my dad was shot right in front of me and, and our lives were turned inside out. I learned that. When my mom died of fever and left me to Sam and David, I learned that when you left me. I realized that I wanted the refuge back just the way it was. But then I learned that the more you wish things were back to normal, the more you realize that they will never be that way again. Why did you do it, Maria? Mom, you don't understand. My beautiful girl, I do. I thought you knew better. This is important, Mom. John's just talking. You don't know him like I do. He'll say anything to get you to go along. I used to think different, but now... So you've lost all faith, huh, Sam? Shut up! I'm sorry, Mom. I can't think about this right now. You all need care. Luke, get my first aid kit. Okay. Who's this guy? Mark. Mark. How'd you get here, Mark? None of your business. Oh, I'm sorry. I intrude on your privacy. Where do you live? I said, where do you live? He won't talk, Sam. No kidding. He's one of those who was tracking me. Sorry for him, he tracked me right through there. Is that right? You're one of them, the dwellers? All right, have it your way. Luke, you got that first aid kit yet? Yeah, I got it right here. Get some antiseptic and bandages on your sister's pinky. I can do that myself. Suit yourself. Let me look at that leg, Mark. Mark. Okay. A pig did this? Yeah. What happened to them? I shot them. You plan on cutting them up? They ate humans, Mom. What a waste. Hey, Mark, this is going to hurt. I'm a combat medic, not a doctor, and I have about half the tools I need. But I should be able to keep the infection out. Ready? Okay. Clinch, clinch on this towel. It might help. I'm sorry, I'm not one of those girls that won awards for finesse. All done. All done. You're a champ. I'm not sure how you're going to get around, but you can't really walk on that. It's not so easy to find crutches anymore. One of the cars. Huh? One of these old junkers probably has a set. Look for a hang tank. Good idea. Luke? Luke? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, I'll help him. You treat him like a kid. You treat your daughter like a grown-up and the 19-year-old like a kid. Why? You're a nosy bastard, John. Let me see that chest. Screwed him up, didn't it? Seeing his dad get shot when he was little. Pull up your shirt. Won't turn down a pretty lady. (gasps) Oh, Christ! You like what you see? You were bad enough when you got to our place. Why did you ever leave that bed? Because I wouldn't be alive if I stayed there. You think we're monsters. No, just a little too black and white. This is turning septic, John. You ever hear of blood poisoning? Yeah, I'll take my chances. You got any pills in there? Hey, hands off! And no, Christ, John, it's been ten years since I've seen penicillin. I'm sick, Sam. Yes, yes you are. You look like you're getting a fever. If it's going the way I think it's going, you don't have to worry about our form of justice. (laughs) You were always the optimist, Sam. 
I'll see if I can drain and flush it at least. Bite down on this, John. It's not going to feel good. Hey, Luke. Did you find anything? Luke. You left me. Luke. You did. Like I, like I meant nothing. Luke, that... Why, Maria? I thought we were in this together. We are. So? So? I didn't have a choice. John, he knew if he was caught... Yeah, well, he's caught now. Yeah. I don't get it, Maria. This is about more than you and me, Luke. So you go ahead and just ditch me? It's not like that. You're the only one I thought I could trust. You can trust me. No, I can't. You said... You... You said you'd be there. I'm sorry, Luke. I thought you'd understand. I... Can I help you? Um, hey, maybe in this car there's... Don't. Luke. Don't. Okay. So, what did John do to piss you all off so much? Still not talking. He attacked us. Sounds like the John Prophet I know. I had no idea. When you need something, take it. That's why they put it in the world, huh, John? I thought you were on my team. Fifteen years ago, I was. You gonna kill me now? I just finished fixing you. You hate us. Who hates you? You, to the north. Not true. You're the ones who raided us, stole our food. I don't know about that. It was a long time ago. You would have been a baby. And you still hate us? No. I didn't say that. They fear you. It's different. Shut up, John. They hate the man who tells the truth. My plan is to get you home. You can leave me. No, that wouldn't be right. Not with that leg. Plus, we need to get this guy to where he'll receive justice. You selling me up the river, Sam? We all must face the rotten things we've done, John. You've been running from yours long enough. Oh, you're killing us. Everyone. You've cried that wolf a few too many times, shepherd boy. What's going on? Your mom's selling me out. Uh, what? We're going to return this kid to where he belongs, with the Dwellers. The Dwellers? They're not our biggest fans right now, but I don't think they'll shoot one of their own, would they? I can get us in. So, it's settled. Hey! Hey, is this what you were talking about? These will do. You ever used a pair of crutches before? I've made a wood splint. Same idea. Well... Just tell us where to go. Sam, I've got a canoe. We can't all fit in it, John. You in the bow, me in the stern. We can lay the kids in the middle. Kids? Look, we can't walk all that way with the gimp here. I'll manage. This will be one tippy bastard, John. The water's pretty smooth for the next stretch. The rapids are all downriver. Mark, what do you think? These are your people. It will be okay. All right, then. Everyone in the boat. Come on, kid. Let's go. Yes. <sighs> podcast version of The Cleansed. To hear the rest of this episode in its entirety and uncut, visit www.thecleansed.com. You can purchase the entire director's cut for $1.99. Also see a full cast and crew list, exclusive behind-the-scenes video, character sketches, and more. Again, that's www.thecleansed.com. Or catch us next week for another free installment. New episodes of The Cleansed will go up on this podcast for free each Friday from March through October 2012. Those are available at thecleansed.com, finalrune.com, and radiodramarevival.com. The Cleansed is a Final Rune production. Find more free audio stories at www.finalrune.com. That's F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E.com. And that was The Cleanse, thecleanse.com for more. As I mentioned, the full um, download available for $2.99 at thecleanse.com. Check out episode five. Also enjoy episode art, character bios, behind the scenes photos, and more at thecleanse.com. And to round out the episode today, we have some exclusive interviews from Convergence Hash CVG 2012, uh, starting with uh, two 
guys from the Firesign Theater, Phil Proctor and David Osman, um, caught up with them, uh, not only at Mark Time Awards, um, David Osman was fundamental in founding that. Um, they had a great panel on the late Peter Bergman and uh, talking about some of the things they did with Firesign Theater. Firesign Theater has uh, released a lot of their studio albums in theater format and, and has done a lot of really interesting things as of late in the last few years of um, their careers with what um, Peter Bergman's ideas, which they talked about in the panel. Um, in this interview, we didn't really get into all that depth. I got, caught them on their way to somewhere else, but uh, they have some really wonderful things to say about um, the state of audio and the future of audio and about Ray Bradbury, who, um, of course, is another one of the audio elders who's passed away this year. And uh, this is just a really nice moment. And thanks again to Phil and David for making the time for this little little bitty here. All right, here we are with Radio Drama Revival here at uh, Convergence out in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, we're here with uh, two of the surviving members of Firesign Theater. We've got Phil Proctor and David Osmond. Hey, guys. Oh, it's so yes. good to be alive. Yeah, survival. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, yeah, and, and there's a, uh, it's wonderful to have you out. I guess maybe we'll talk just real briefly about uh, why this particular year the two of you are out here. Well, uh, I'm actually, uh, I've joined David and uh, Jerry Starnes and uh, Brian uh, Price for the Mark Time Awards to celebrate the 15th anniversary of this uh, extraordinary um, award for excellence in radio science fiction production. And uh, it, it's, it's an absolutely wonderful gathering of fandom this is a very unique kind of a convention, the Convergence, and, and quite different from the other conventions that I've recently been participating in that are more comic cons. Mm -hmm. in, I was in one in London and one in San Diego, and there's a very wonderful atmosphere of uh, camaraderie here. And uh, it, it, it's, I'm delighted to know that the Mark Time Awards are now allied with this particular convention group. Yeah, it's been, it's, it, after 15 years, it's really become an institution for uh, convergence, and we are deeply indebted to them for mm -hmm. keeping it uh, going as long as, uh, as it has gone now, 15 years. That's amazing. Um, we, so we, we um, what, it's such an opportunity to meet a, a variety of people. There are th mm -hmm. thousands of people here, and some of them are dressed in bizarre costumes, <laughs> and some of them are serious radio people, That's and right. other people are, you know, are serious literary people, and they're from yeah. all over the all world. All over, all over. And, and the winners this year also represent an international uh, assembly. There is a winner from South Africa, and some winners also from London, the UK. From the UK, from London. The originally, the entire fire sign was invited to be at this convention. And, uh, and Peter intended to come, and we were going to develop a show which actually had uh, uh, Phil Austin brought in by, by Skype or That's some right. other yeah. device uh -huh. so that he would appear, which we've done uh, several times with Phil, who doesn't like to travel and uh, is, is well, reluctant. Well, he loves to travel, yeah, but, but he, not he travels in a van with his wife and his six dogs. Yes, it makes it... <laughs> Makes it difficult <laughs> to come to crazy places like this. Yeah. So, uh, so it was originally we were supposed to be here, all four of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, when Peter passed away, then it came to uh, Phil and me, and we said, "Are we still going to do it?" And it was Mark time, and so here we are. Yeah. And we come off of uh, David and Judith, and m my wife Melinda Peterson and I come off of really uh, almost a month of working together, mm -hmm. three weeks of working together at the International Mystery Writers Festival in Owensboro, Kentucky, followed by the National Audio Theater Festival in West Plains, Missouri, Missouri. where the Firesign Theater was proud to be the recipients of the uh, annual Norman Corwin Excellence in Audio Theater Award which is very, very thrilling. It was previously given first originally to Norman Corwin himself in Los Angeles and then to Yuri Rosofsky, uh, the late and great Yuri Rosofsky, last year. You know, it's, well. been, it's been a serious year for yeah. uh, deaths in the family yes. and with Peter and Yuri and, and Ray Bradbury. And, and Ray Bradbury. Uh, who science fiction wouldn't be the same without, and certainly science fiction radio wouldn't be the That's same right. without anyway, because we all grew up on all of those Dimension X and all the Bradbury and Heinlein oh, yeah. uh, shows, and, uh, and Norman himself. So, and Norman, who died at 101, mm -hmm. and Ray, who was 91, uh, Norman had been 
Bradbury's amanuensis, if you like. That's right. He led Bradbury into the publishing business. Yeah, Bradbury had gone to New York really destitute, well, on his last hope of maybe finding a publisher. And Norman Corwin, who had uh, read his work and was impressed by the Martian stories that he told, suggested, he said, do you think you could put together an anthology based on your Martian stories? He said, I could introduce that to one of my publishers. And he did, and the rest is, is history. Yeah. And so, and they were both, um, uh, Norman and Ray, lifelong were friends. lifelong friends, uh, great influence on us as writers, as producers, uh, and, and, you know, it's... We're recovering this year from yes, from those great loss, those yeah. great losses yeah. for our business, our industry. These were people, uh, really Norman, who started in thirty six, thirty seven. That's as old as radio. That's, that's right. as old as the thing that we do is seventy five years old, right now. This year, nineteen thirty six. That's when Lux Radio Theater went on, mm, and right. that's when old time radio really started. Seventy five years. It's just as old as me, <laughs> yeah. and getting older too. I met Ray Bradbury for the first time. I remember David said you you known him for like eighteen years. Oh, I've known him since I was sixteen. Since you were sixteen. Yeah. Well, um, I met him much later than that, but it was an odd circumstance. I. Uh, uh, I came out to Los Angeles with a show called The Amorous Flea, musical based on Moliere's School for Wives, that had been a great success in New York, and so we transferred it to the Las Palmas Theater in uh, uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood area, and Ray Bradbury was invited to the opening night. And that's when I, when I heard mm. he was in the audience after the show, I went out and introduced myself and just, you know, as an adoring fan, it's only what a great influence he's, he'd had on my imagination and my desire to, to write science fiction and all that. And, and here's the story that he told me. I said, did you like the show? He says, oh, yes, I love the show. But he said, you know, even if I didn't, we wouldn't have walked out on it. <laughs> and I said, well, why is that? He said, he said, well, the one time my wife and I decided to walk out on a show, she fell in the aisle and broke her leg. <laughs> You know, I, I got to really say thank you for talking about it, because I feel uh, there's been so much in the press about Ray Bradbury's passing, but nothing really paying tribute to his role in radio drama and audio theater. Yeah, and I, well, I've, like, in up to, as we saw in the Mark Time Awards, honored the uh, new adaptations of Martian Chronicles. To this day, until the end of his life, Bradbury was still a huge advocate of radio drama, and I have just yep. not heard enough. Um, and honoring as that. well, yeah. he did. He did a lot of. Uh, he he encouraged and probably underwrote some of the performances of his uh, adaptations of, of theatrical adaptations. And his originals. Of his uh, and, and his uh, originally he wrote seen originally a lot of those well. shows in uh, in Los Angeles. Irish I would go down. Shows yeah, and Irish like shows mm-hmm. and um, the the Mexican one, which is called um, the the white suit. Something about a, the. The man in the white suit. No, no, the something colored suit. I can't think of it now. Oh, the something too, too colored yeah, suit. Yeah, well, it could. That sounds like a Bradbury. Google, Google, Google will Google figure it out for you. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah um, the, he, um, the last thing that I gave to Ray, um, and this was probably three years ago, was a copy of a show that we did in, um, in Kentucky mm. <coughs> of a play of his from a book called A Memory of Murder. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's, it's a wonderful play. It's a paperback uh, and of things that were very old, his early uh, horror stories. And uh, uh, we did one of those stories live on stage with Richard Fish yep. uh, called It Burns Me Up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Richard plays a dead man. And everything stops while he speaks. And then all of the business and it happens goes on while, you know, from the policeman and all of that. Yeah. He's a murdered on. man. He's a murdered fact. man. So he's, yeah. so he's uh, while they're investigating his body, he is present to kind of tell what really happened. So I knew that, <laughs> I, I, I knew that Ray uh, we, uh, would, he always passes, he has hundreds of things that people give him. And he always mm. likes to pass things out to you when you oh, meet with him, nice. you know. And so I said, okay, here's this big stack, like 20 copies of this. Just pass these out, Ray. <laughs> so the last thing I, I got from, uh, from him was a little note that just said thank you for, for that oh, show. Sweet. Uh, yeah, that was the last written communication. Yeah. And just real briefly, uh, in light of this year, a tough year of losing some of the elders of radio drama, uh, what are your thoughts on the, the future of the medium and where we are today and what the future looks ahead of for us? Well, you know, the, the future is now. 
And uh, one of the things that's so encouraging to be here for the Mark Time Awards is to see how the uh, uh, radio drama, particularly in, 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 in the area of fantasy and science fiction, has evolved from the time of the first Mark Time Awards, and how many more people are submitting uh, their entries to the award, which represents the fact that throughout the world, uh, radio is alive and well, and I think a great reason for that is the very reason why you're interviewing us right now for a podcast. Yeah. You yeah. see, I think that and that is a recorder is that can hold my yeah, hand. And a recorder exactly. you can hold in your hand, yeah. yeah. Uh, I often tell this story that when, when Firesign Theaters started working, we were working with, you know, uh, small tapes, and we had to squeeze in different tracks by you know, ping-ponging by putting stuff onto one track to open other tracks. And the tapes got bigger and bigger and bigger until we had these huge reels that were like, you know, th four inches uh, wide and they had to be carried, you know, by two men onto the machine. And then it all went away. Yeah. And, and it was replaced by this little thing you're holding in your yeah, hand. It's the uh, card the, the size of my finger. Yeah. The, well, that's, that was the new thing. Yeah, first there were little tiny uh, recorders, uh, digital recorders that recorded on tape, if you recall. And then that went away, and now it's, you know, all kinds of tiny little devices. It's, it's the, the excitement about the field today and in the future is that it's available to everybody who wants to do it. Mm -hmm. The this, technology it, has, has liberated yep. the field. And it's no longer that the doors to the media are closed or that there's a particular avenue. When we started in the business, there was only about one way to go about it. Yeah, that's right. And you went so, about it that way. You or you, you got a studio. Yep. either went into a radio studio or you went into a recording studio that was affiliated with a, a dis distribution company like Columbia Records. And, with, and, and at CBS, at Columbia Records, uh, we were dealing with engineers who were recording music all day, yeah. and they had no idea what we were doing. No, we, you know, we had to instruct we said, them. Yeah, we said, look, <laughs> we don't want anything perfect. So what do you mean, you don't want anything perfect? No, no, everything is going to be deconstructed. That's right. This happens on television, or this happens on the radio, or it happens in an open field. Right. So oh, we're going to fudge it later and play with it later. It'll be post-production, you know. Oh, really? Oh, Bill Dremel. Bill Dremel was our, our Dremel. engineer, and he, yeah. he learned to, to work with us. But we were recording at the same time in original radio studios at CBS in, yes. in Hollywood. Studios that, you know, that carried the Bob Hope show and that carried uh, the Jack Benny show and things like that. Yeah. Suspense. The theater, suspense. We did uh, oh, Nick right. Danger in the Suspense studio, which still had the, uh, the glass booth yes, upstairs yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, an organ. For, uh, that's that's right. how, why we had the, had the organ. They oh, still had, they still had right. the, the B3 plugged in mm -hmm. with a whoa, 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 yeah, speaker right. and everything. Yeah. So, so we've, we have been a, a part of the evolution of this technology from the very beginning in terms of presenting audio theater and we're uh, delighted now to, to hear what other people are doing with this medium you know and how and how well they've advanced to use the techniques the technical um, uh, techniques that are available to them today well, fantastic. Thanks so much, guys. And we didn't talk too much about Firesign, but they are doing a, a bunch of really remarkable and interesting projects, uh, bringing out previously unrecorded work um, available in text format, um, as well as, of course, all their wonderful studio albums. We'll put some links up on that on the show notes. Uh, David, Phil, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And, and if you want to get see what we're doing, go to www.firesigntheater.com. And uh, you'll see what we have. I don't know how there. calm it is there. No, it might be a little calm. nervous yeah, there. It's a little bit. Dot, the waves dot, are, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. it's the heat waves are rising. <laughs> we'll let you figure it out for yourself. Uh, thank you, and we'll catch up with you a bit. You Thanks. Thanks, Fred. And that was Phil Proctor, David Osmond of Firesign, two fantastic guys, and a wonderful little interview there. Thanks again. And uh, we also talked to some of the new wave, um, the producers, winners of uh, the Ogle and Mark Time Award winners this year. We've got Dieter Zimmerman again on the show from Cape Town, South Africa. Came out and met me in Minneapolis this time, with me coming to his turf. We've got Jack and Robert from Wireless Theater Company, who um, I got to finally meet after having been following Wireless's work since 2007. And then, of course, my co-conspirator, Matthew Boudreaux. So uh, here's our chat. All right, we're here um, in the middle of Convergence at one of the common areas. Um, here with some of the Mark Time and Ogle winners. We've got Matthew Boudreaux from Oral Stages. Hello. And uh, Jack and Rob from Wireless Theater. Hello. Yeah, good Hi. morning. Hi. Yeah, all the way out from London, but just in case that wasn't far enough, we also have Dieter Zimmerman all the way from Cape Town, South Africa. Hi there, Fred. Great to be back on your show. Yeah, lovely to have you. It's been uh, not too long, and it's been also a wonderful collection of producers and work that's won this year. 
Uh, let's just get some opinions of, you know, having traveled all the way, what do you think of uh, this experience? Oh, I'm very impressed by the radical self-expression, the amazing creativity all commingled with really hard work. Uh, it's been a privilege to be here, actually. Yeah, and you've lived in America before, but have you seen this quite this uh, angle of America? No, no, I, I definitely feel like I've arrived at some kind of a home. <laughs> uh, and it's really great to be part of all the, you know, see all these geeks in, in action. It's quite something. Yeah, and just, just to say, like, what, you know, we've got guys in red team, blue team uniforms with some sort of a katana on his back. We've got a uh, house of toast party, uh, people in wizard capes, and that's just kind of the scene around here. Uh, Jack, Robert, what are your impressions of this whole crazy thing? Oh, it's absolutely wonderful. It's like, uh, it's like a dormitory party's exploded. It's just, <laughs> it's just great, yeah. yeah. Really, and it's just so warm and fun, and uh, yeah, I'm just, just so happy to be here, really. Yeah, and everyone's so enthusiastic and friendly. It's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's been years since I've been in America, and, uh, you know, and they're loving their, their accents as well, which doesn't happen. It doesn't, doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, and because I, you know, I followed wireless's work for a while so you want to talk about um, getting this award and your decision to come out and then see us at this conference uh, yeah I mean it's a fantastic honor I mean we, we, we were really blown away I mean when he, uh, we were in it was a Sunday night in the UK when we got the email yeah, it was yeah. literally like ah! brilliant so yeah absolutely had to come and uh, you know well, well you know the alternative to coming was not coming and you know I, you know life I don't think would ever bring me to Minnesota Otherwise, so uh, it was great to go downtown Minneapolis and see around, you know, outside the con. But you know, it, it was just an absolutely great. Uh, it was a beautiful thing. It was. Yeah, really and lovely. you saw the Fourth of July, right? Oh, oh it was, yeah, it was we, yeah, it was great. It was did lovely, fireworks yeah. downtown and you yeah, know, ate corn dogs. It was brilliant. Twinkies? I heard. I, I, yeah, I had my first Twinkie yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And his last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is his last. He's now has, uh, you know, diabetes or something. I don't know. <laughs> So what we offer here in America. <laughs> and Matthew, what do you think, uh, joining with all the producers and whatnot? Oh, it's great. Uh, last year we only had, uh, we had, we had Domine and Aline coming in from Belgium. So having, you know, having, having you guys come in from England and ha having Dieter come in from South Africa has, has really extended the range. Uh, we're, we're becoming international and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's really great. Yeah, that is a nice feeling that uh, there is a community of audio dramatists that are uh, kind of, yeah, it is an international thing. And we are all doing our thing in our respective corner of the world. There is a yeah, uh, contingent yeah. of us out there. Um, any other things that particularly takeaways or things that you found interesting that you didn't expect when you when you came out? Peter? Well, I'm just so glad that the world is shrinking, you know, and yeah. uh, we're we're all in this together and in one little place. Uh, that's really exciting. The other thing I just uh, the reason I came traveled 26 hours on an airplane for was to meet the guys from the Firesound Theatre and yeah. people who've been doing this stuff since the 60s and uh, you know, Lord knows it doesn't pay so they, they obviously feel compelled to do it and they, they're just such a great inspiration to people of our generation, you know, to hear the stories firsthand, that was really precious for me. Yeah, yeah. any other lessons learned, things that you found interesting about being out here? I think I think what's interesting is that um, having chatted to various different people like you guys and, and Jerry and, and the Mark Time guys is that um, the, the problems and the issues and the challenges and, and the joys they're all pretty much the same. You, you think you're the one struggling on your own, and like I say, the world's getting smaller, and we can meet everyone from America and South Africa, and and you, you're learning actually we're all in this together. To use a British phrase. Uh, it, it, However, you know, we, we're all realizing we're not the only ones doing this and we're not the only ones with the same difficulties and, and it's yeah, great yeah. to meet. Yeah. I mean, so back I mean, home, it kind of feel like sometimes you're howling at the moon, and, but to come actually ha meet you guys and all, all just hang out together and have breakfast and stuff, it's, it's just wonderful. And yeah, like Jack said, everyone's got the same interesting new problems, you know, yeah. with, with audio, which, but, you know, which is really exciting, you know, to kind of be, you know, but just to, you know, just, just to come together like this is something that, I hadn't expected or imagined, you know, so it's just wonderful. Yeah. And, and, may, and maybe one of the brilliant upshots of, of, of an award like this brings so many people together is that we won't be comment, like, yeah. in our different compartments trying to work out, yeah, yeah. you know, a solution, the solutions we need to find to take audio forward may come about because we're all hanging out together now and, you know, got different views and perspectives and ideas. And yeah. It's a brilliant thing. Brilliant. Yeah, it's real, I, I really enjoy the, the, the ideas that have come from talking with everybody because everybody's got a different perspective, a different way, a different angle that they approach audio drama. And so talking with you guys, talking with Dieter, talking with Cayenne, who I was talking with earlier, uh, it has just 
it just really brings you into how they're working on things, how they're approaching things, which gives me new ideas that I can bump off of. And, you know, when I go into my next production, I'll start incorporating some of those things. You guys were talking about doing the, the, the live thing. Uh, and, you know, we, Samantha and I have unfortunately couldn't be here. Uh, but Samantha and I have been talking about a possibility of doing that. And, you know, that, that would be, be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, this is a fantastic. I love it. We, we, well, we all will continue talking, but we have to get to a Peter Bergman panel. So uh, say thanks, gents. We had, again, this is uh, Matthew Boudreaux of uh, Oral Stage Studios, Jack Bowman and Robert Valentine of Wireless Theater, and Dieter Zimmerman all the way from uh, South Africa with Protophonic. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And those were some tastes of convergence. Thanks, everybody. Uh, it was an excellent time out here. And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that little taste of this uh, convention. All of us are having fun. And um, as I mentioned, we'll be doing more Mark Time and Olga winners um, throughout this month. Um, we'll have the delicious science fiction soundscaped Brad Lansky in the 4D-verse by Dieter Zimmerman slash Protophonic, uh, probably up next week. Uh, also, The Strange Case of Spring Hill Jack by Wireless Theater Company. And, yeah, a few others out there. So don't touch that proverbial podcast dial. Um, great stuff coming down the pike for you. Um, in the meantime, don't forget that over 200 hours of original audio drama programming are archived at radiodramarevival.com. Uh, we've got featured genres, access to the big dump of um, podcasts going back to the beginning in 2007, all the shows we've ever aired. You can learn about the latest audio um, on in real time following us on Twitter. We're trying to do that a few times a week at least at, at Radiodrama. Search Facebook for Radiodrama Revival. The Facebook page has been taken off in recent weeks. Um, post about your stuff or your interest in radio drama connect with other fans you can also find us on itunes just search for radio drama revival um, and also if you haven't done it yet fill out a listener survey that'll help us um, get the information we are building this app to make it easier for you to discover and love more audio drama and we'll keep you apprised as that comes up hopefully with some exciting announcements this fall that's a wrap for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains that are original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Southern Maine's community radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com. It's labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. <laughs>